Hello and welcome to Ag PhD Radio. I'm Brian Hefty, live in the Morton studio. It's Farmer Friday and it's our last show of 2023. If you want to call in today, our number is 844-44-AG-PHD. That's 844-442-4743. You could also email us radio at agphd.com. So my brother Darren found a great way to uh, finish the year. He's homesick. <laughs> so anyway, he, he's doing fine though. So he should be back with us next week. But it's just me here in the studio today. So again, if you want to call in, love to visit with you. We've been getting a number of questions in from the Ag PhD mailbag though, and we're going to get to that right now. It's the mailbag! All right, first question comes from David in Michigan who says, I put in a wood burner last year and was told to be sure to clean it out in the spring because the ashes will get wet and turn acidic over the summer. If I put those ashes on my garden and they turn acidic, will it affect the pH in the soil? The garden is roughly uh, 30 by 90, CEC is 15, pH is currently 6.8. So David, uh, just a few things I'll tell you about the, these wood, the wood ash. First of all, it probably still has a fair amount of potassium in it. It's got some calcium, some phosphorus, some magnesium. I mean, if you wanted to get real scientific, you could send in a sample and have it analyzed, and then you'd know exactly what you're putting out in your soil. But most likely, and to your question, the pH is not low, it's high. So a lot of times they say wood ash is 10 to 12 for a pH, and it will help increase your soil pH. Well, you're already at about the ideal pH of 6.8. So, I mean, you could certainly use it in your garden, but you're going to have to offset that at some point with some sulfur to drive the pH back down. So if it was me, I don't know that I would do it. All right, next question here. Um, This one comes from Lane, who had a little miscommunication on his farm, it sounds like, between him and his fertilizer dealer. They wanted to put on six pounds of zinc sulfate, but instead the fertilizer dealer applied six pounds of actual zinc. So his question here is, should I be concerned about this because it's in strip till? I'll tell you what, Lane, In if it was broadcast, I wouldn't be worried about that at all. No big deal. When it's in strip till, I'm still not worried about it, honestly, if it's me, but it's it's a good load of, of zinc. And anyway, at the bottom here, he says, this amount of zinc pushed us beyond our desired 10 to 1 ratio. I think we're now at around a 6 to 1 ratio of phosphorus to zinc. Well, Lane, what we found is 6 to 1 phosphorus to zinc ratio is actually pretty good for corn. Um, we just say 10 to 1, but honestly, we've seen 6 to 1, 7 to 1, perhaps be our best yield. So I, I just say, no, I'm not super worried about it. it I, I'm not going to suggest you go out and moldboard plow everything and stir it all around. But if you were really worried about it, you certainly could. Zinc sulfate is one of the safer fertilizers that you can have out there. So when we compare that to a lot of other products that are much higher in salt, And a lot of other products um, not only can cause more damage to plants, they can cause more damage to soil life as well. So when you overdo zinc sulfate, I'm not expecting any big problems or anything, especially if it's heavier soil, but I don't have your soil tests or anything like that. So it's a little hard for me to say. Uh, But personally, I don't think I'd be real worried. But again, if you were worried, you could always just 
do full scale tillage out there. And I think you would, I mean, then you, then I know for certain you would be just fine. All right. Next question here. Uh, this one is, um, also from, uh, a Darren in, uh, well, I guess we had a Darren earlier. Uh, Darren, well, no, I'll take that back. I'm, I'm looking at several emails here, and I got a couple of Darrens that have written in. Well, let's take the first one. This is from Illinois, Darren from Illinois. And he says, uh, hi, guys, I got a cover crop question for you. I seeded crimson clover, red clover, uh, balanza clover, wheat, oats, and radishes into standing soybeans. Well, the problem is I got a whole bunch of henbit and chickweed in there, so I'm wondering what I should do. I don't want to do tillage. Should I be spraying something to clean all that up? Because I'm just concerned that with all that stuff out there, it might be a problem planting my corn directly in it. So I wanted, ideally, I'd like to have something to control the henbit and there's also chickweed out there while leaving the clovers. So anyway... Darren's question here is about butyrac, curb, and pursuit. Um, Darren, none of those are going to solve your problem, unfortunately. They, so there's nothing that's labeled that's going to do a fantastic job on henbit or chickweed and not kill the clovers and all the other stuff that you've got out there. That that really is one of the concerns when, because again, I'll just reiterate this, it's clover, so that's a broadleaf crop. It's wheat. So it's a grass crop and oats. Um, and you got radishes, another broadleaf crop. So to, to kill wheat or to not kill wheat or oats or clover or, I mean, you see where I'm going. It, there, it's That's almost impossible. So nope, none of those herbicides you suggested are going to work. If it was me, what I would do is I would just burn everything down in the spring before I planted the corn. Um, I would probably go out there with something like uh, dicamba. I mean, it doesn't cost that much. In the future, I would really consider, and and I apologize, Darren sent this email a while ago and we just didn't get back to him here. Uh, but anyway, normally I would spray it in the fall if I could and kill everything. I mean, you're still going to have a lot of the, uh, all that plant mass there for the winter for catching snow and, and reducing erosion and all that kind of thing. So I'd kill it fairly late in the fall with a high rate of dicamba if it was me. But yeah, there's just, there's nothing, no herbicide we've got that will leave your clovers, your wheat, your radishes, your oats, and only kill the henbit and chickweed. So sorry about that. All right, again today, it's Farmer Friday. Here on our last show of 2023, we are really looking forward to 2024, but we got to wrap up 2023 yet. So if you want to call in, you got any questions for us, anything that's going on in your farm you want to talk about, the number is 844-44-AG-PHD or send us an email, radio at agphd.com. Stay tuned. We're going to get to the phone lines right after this. Get more durability for less downtime with Soil Warrior Strip Tillage from Environmental Tillage Systems. Improve fertilizer efficiency and reduce passes and fuel usage. Now that's ROI. Learn more about ETS at SoilWarrior.com.
Improve germination in your fields with the Germinator Closing Wheel from Farm Shop MFG. Our unique spike design seals your seed within a firm vein of soil, providing maximum seed-to-soil contact and maximum germination. Order a set for your planter at farmshopmfg.com. It's smart to make the right agronomic choices, and it's even smarter to get rewarded for them. With the Bayer Plus Rewards Program, you earn cash back on seed, herbicides, and other eligible products. And it keeps getting smarter, because now... You can earn an additional 10% bonus when you send your redemption check to your retailer. To learn more, contact your retailer today. Protect your yields and get the most from your land with Bayer Plus Rewards. Visit MyBayerPlus.com and see program terms and conditions for full details. Get the most from every acre on your farm by attending Ag PhD's workshops and clinics this winter. I'm Darren Hefty. Brother Brian and I are hosting several free workshops throughout January and February, including agronomy workshops in corn and soybeans, a soils clinic, and a whole day devoted to natural and biological products. We have a lot of great information and we can't wait to share it with you. Best of all, these events are free, so be sure to check them out. Register today at agphd.com. Are you ready? We got the need, the need for seed treatment. Start your engines. Ready, set, Intego! Start your season strong with Intego Sweet Soybeans, Intego Fungicide Soybeans, and Intego Sweet Cereals OF from Valent USA. Ask your Valent rep about seed treatment solutions or visit valent.com slash Intego. Always read and follow label instructions. This is Ag PhD Radio. I'm Brian Hefty, live in the Morton studio. Today it's Farmer Friday. Our phone lines are open all throughout the show. We're going to go to the phones right now. we got our friend Tony Wendler with Farm Shop MFG calling in. Hey, Tony, how are you today? I am excellent. Happy New Year, Brian. You bet. Happy New um, Year. Yeah, thank you. Um, excellent day. So we're... Uh, yeah, so so what I was just going to say, what are you, what are you thinking about here as we as we wind up the year? What's top of mind for you? Well, we're we're talking to a lot of people on uh, doing some uh, uh, pre-purchasing uh, closing wheels. Uh, main topic. Uh, we occasionally still have a few people uh, looking at uh, bin monitors and uh, bin fan controls, but we're kind of rolling into that closing wheel season, so. That's uh, been the uh, my thought process, and probably most of the phone calls right now. People are uh, wanting to find out, uh, ask a few questions. Some uh, made the decision making the purchases, and we're talking about uh, our quality seed to soil contact and and uh, some of the tests that were done and how we're exceeding our competitors and uh, faster emergence and why that occurs and topics like that. One of the things that we've kind of been focused on on our farm here over the last couple of weeks is just that going into 2024, next year is supposed to have a lower bonus depreciation level. So buying equipment in 2023, there is a tax advantage. And so I, I guess I don't know if everybody is aware of that. Hopefully for everybody listening, your accountant has said something to you. But if you're going to buy some equipment soon, I'd probably suggest buying it today or tomorrow and get it done before the first of the year. So, Tony, has anybody brought, even brought that up to you? Has that been uh, a thing, why people are trying to get stuff done right now? I just talked to my accountant yesterday, and no, she did not bring that up with me. <laughs> the uh, 
we kind of went through and she said, well, Tony, you could maybe write a few more checks. So, uh, that's, uh, I'm actually doing that right now. Yep. So well, that's, that's good. Uh, uh, but anyway, the, uh, no, she didn't. So I am going to have to ask her and learn more about that. But, uh, uh, Hey, for anybody that uh, is looking for closing wheels, we'll work with you. Uh, Tony, before I let you go, just real quick on grain bins. The last time you were on, we were talking just a little about grain bins because we've had much warmer conditions than normal and more humidity than normal in our region, at least. So have you seen bin issues already? And just talk to us about that real quick. I have not. I I actually looked at mine the other day, and I uh, had it set there just above 32, and I shut it off for right now, just hit the switch to off. And uh, what I didn't like, and it has to do with the temperatures going on, my fan running on automatic, the uh, the top of the bin is a little bit cooler than the bottom. And I really don't like that. The, uh, you know, as you get the heat coming up through, carrying some moisture, yep. that becomes worrisome. So I got to keep an eye on it. And uh, that's something that just from the automatic controls running and uh, picked a day when the humidity and the temperature was in target. And when the uh, the last operation, it was warmer than what it had been running before, yep. and it's made a layer in there that I need to watch. Yep. And um, as well as people who have not been doing anything, you're prone to some convections. And actually right now, with the warmer uh, things, you probably got a lot more convection opportunity taking place. And like you say, it's going to move moisture through that bin drag some humidity up in that center. Um, did talk to a guy from Wyoming here a couple of days ago and, uh, excuse me, Idaho, uh, and uh, talked about that very thing that uh, this was wheat that's been in his bin since summer, obviously, and uh, had uh, something going on. It's just the, the moisture got carried up through. Need to run that fan a little bit. Yeah, definitely. So. All right, again, that's Tony Wendler. He's with Farm Shop MFG. Just go to Farm Shop MFG to check out all the things he's working on. Tony, thanks for the time today. Happy New Year. Appreciate it. Happy New Year. Thanks, Brian. Bye. All right, next we're heading to Nebraska. Got Justin calling in from down there. Hey, Justin, how are you today? Doing great. How are you? Excellent. So what are you working on here right at the end of the year? Well, I guess getting prepared for next year and... Spending money like usual. <laughs> so, anything different out of the ordinary that you're spending that money on? Well, I guess I bought an implement to deep place uh, phosphate with my anhydrous. I'm going to try that for the first time next year. Hmm. So, you can do both applications at once, is what you're saying? Yep. Nice. So is there a reason why you wanted to deep place the phosphorus? I mean, what what kind of led to that compared to how you've done it in the past? Well, I guess it's for the nutrient stratification where we've been broadcast on the surface for years and years. And yeah. Need to get her down to the roots. We'll get it when the top's dried out. Yep. 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 Definitely. So how did things turn out on your farm this year? Well, I'd say surprisingly well, all things considered. It was pretty dry all year except for the month of July, and boy, that really helped out the crops unbelievably. Yeah. Yep. 
that's about how I feel on our farm. We didn't get a whole lot in July. Ours came in August, but still, uh, there's just enough there that most of our yields were not too bad. Uh, sure could have been a lot worse, especially as hot as it was. And if we're hot in South Dakota, that means in Nebraska, you're even hotter yet. So um, I, I assume that was why you were especially concerned in June and going into July. Well, yeah, we did a bunch of tile this year and digging down, and there was virtually no subsoil either. So we were really fortunate. If we didn't have the rain, we'd been in trouble. Yeah. So anything you're thinking about in terms of your 2024 crop that you're going to do different other than that deep placing phosphorus with anhydrous next year? I guess that's the biggest change I'm going I'm planning on. Yep. All right. Anything else that uh, that you were thinking about today, Justin? Anything else you want to talk to us about? I do have one question. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. I am going to do a farm of corn on corn. Yep. And we had wind last year. We had a lot of goose necked corn. I know there's going to be some volunteer next year. Yep. And it was a triple stack, so it's got the Liberty and Roundup. So I'm just wondering, if could a guy spray clethodum to kill the corn before planting? Um, you can't right before planting. It would have to be a ways before planting. And, you know, honestly, are you going to delay your planting enough? That that becomes the issue. So, I mean, a lot of people think, and I always used to as well, oh, clethodum's got no residual. No, we've had guys literally kill their corn that way. So you can't spray it. I, I'd be waiting at least a week and I to be comfortable, like super comfortable where I know I have absolutely zero worries, I'd probably have to wait two weeks. Well, by the time the volunteer corn is growing, to ask you to spray and then wait two weeks to plant your corn, I, I, I'd have a tough time doing that. But that, that that's the challenge with the clethodum. Is there any other better way to go about it? <laughs> uh, not really, no. Because guys have tried, so take gramoxone, for example. Could you burn it to the ground with gramoxone? Absolutely you could. But the problem is it usually only does that, burn it, burns it to the ground. Since the growing point mm -hmm. on corn isn't above ground until you get to V5, it's, it's usually not big enough, and gramoxone doesn't completely wipe everything out. So I, I wish I had a better answer for you, but I just don't. So is this... Uh, have you done tillage out there already, or is this no-till, or what is it? Well, we, we lightly disked the stalks this fall, but it was already after the frost, so not, it, I guess I probably already planted some of it. That was my question. With the disc. Yep, because yeah. that's the other thing that I'll often suggest to guys is just no-till it for one year, because then at least you won't see as much of the volunteer corn come. Uh, yeah, I don't have any great answer for you. I was hoping you weren't going to say you had smart stacks out there because uh, then I could suggest that and you could kill it off with Liberty. Uh, yeah, the, I, I guess the only other suggestion I would have would be enlist uh, power core enlist corn. So you can look into that, talk to a dealer in your area because then you could use a Sure 2 and that would kill it off. So that's about the only thing I can think of. Well, hey, Justin, thanks for calling in. Happy New Year.
Morton Buildings has served the American farmer for more than 120 years. From manufacturing our own building components to constructing your building, Morton takes pride in being the industry leader in post-frame construction by providing a quality building and exceptional customer service. A Morton is built to last for generations. To get started on your next project, please visit mortonbuildings.com. What does it really mean to provide the best crop nutrition? With AgroLiquid, you're getting a one-of-a-kind approach, one that caters to your specific agronomic needs. You're getting a crop nutrition plan that maximizes your fertilizer applications from every drop, all while accounting for your management practices and the products you're already using. But it's not just a product. It's peace of mind, knowing we've thought of everything. That's the AgroLiquid way. Apply less, expect more. Find a retailer at agroliquid.com. Insects have reigned since the dawn of time. Adapted to their surroundings. Experienced the harshest climates and toughest challenges until now. With two modes of action, Ridgeback Insecticide delivers one devastating outcome for soybean aphids. Extinction from your fields. They may have lived through it all, but they won't survive this. End soybean aphids reign at ridgeback.corteva.us. Effortlessly manage your farm fertility with Verify. Verify takes yield data directly from your combine and instantly generates variable rate fertility maps based on your nutritional goals. Whether it's building soil, balancing nutrition, or maintaining fertility. And with full integration with John Deere Operations Center, Verify can send recommendations directly to application equipment, no matter the color. Join Verify today at Verify.com and keep your farm moving. My mom's got a new case IH tractor and it can do it all. Bail hay all day. See in the dark with its powerful LED lights. Hook up all the implements. Shift like a race car, steer with ease. And it can also cool my juice box. Yeah, her case IH tractor can do everything she needs it to. Looking for a tractor that can do it all? Check out caseih.com. The greatest herbicide of all time earned its title by defending your soybean fields. Authority Supreme Herbicide's low-use rate formula delivers longer-lasting control of broadleaf weeds and grasses, providing you with the best-in-class combination of Group 14 PPO herbicide sulfentrazone and Class 15 molecule pyroxysulfone that outlasts the competition. We're Authority Supreme Herbicide from FMC, and we play to win. Learn more at authoritysupreme.ag.fmc.com. Always read and follow all label directions. It's Farmer Friday here on Ag PhD Radio. I'm Brian Hefty. We're broadcasting from the Morton Studio today. And our phone lines are open all throughout the show, 844-44-AG-PHD. Well, next on, we got Phil calling in from the state of Michigan. Hey, Phil, how are things going for you? Well, the uh, year is just about over. And like most farmers, we're uh, anxious that it will be over so that we can uh, start again uh, uh no two years are ever the same, as you know. So that's for sure. Uh, kind of looking in anticipation for 2024. All right. So when you talk about you're anxious for next year, you're anticipating next year. Why are you so excited about next year? Is it just that uh, 2023 wasn't the best, or it's just you look into next year and you go, "Wow, we got a lot of potential here." Well, I'm not a 
student of literature, but I believe Dickens once said that uh, it's the best of times and the worst of times. <laughs> and boy, that sure uh, says it all for us. Uh, we had a very wet April, yep. and uh, May and June were bone dry, and you know, planting beans and corn. And I planted beans for the first time this year. They were real spotty coming up. Uh, you know, golly, we're not going to have much of a crop. And uh, I just finished corn on Wednesday. And, oh, wow. Uh, that, last, that last field, uh, I was pleasantly surprised with it. Uh, Good. Uh, you know, the, and as we've talked before, if you remember, we also are in the apple yeah. production business. Yeah. And, uh, uh, it was probably both. We didn't have any real uh, weather issues with temperature in the spring, uh, and that wasn't good. We had a, another huge apple crop, and uh, uh, when everything came to harvest, uh, we were cut back uh, from our receivers, both processors and uh-huh. uh, fresh market, yep. to about two-thirds of our production. Yep. And obviously, uh, there's where all the money or the profit is. Yeah. And uh, we still haven't been paid for everything. Uh, that's normal in the fruit business. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, is what's uh, 24 going to bring? I am looking for a smaller crop this year. Sure. Uh, the apple trees like to take a break once in a while. And, yep. uh, so, maybe we'll uh, get away from this huge surplus that we have. And uh, the storage is, uh, apple storage has filled up really quick this year. And uh, there's still a lot of crop in there. Talking with some of my former students, uh, yeah, they're only shipping about a load a week, and a ninety-six box load. Uh, and uh, the plants are going to start up uh, uh, after uh, New Year's, we hope. And uh, hopefully, uh, the markets will stay strong. And uh, so, yeah, there's the anticipation part of it. And uh, so, Phil, as an apple producer, I I, I just want to know maybe one or two things that you could tell me that, let's say, the average person with an apple tree in their yard wouldn't know about apple production or maybe something that makes your apple production sound like it's really great compared to a lot of these apple trees I see uh, are pretty weak out there. Yes, uh, and uh, people ask me that all the time, and... Uh, my uh, smart aleck answer would be to uh, trim it uh, <clears throat> about a, two inches off the ground and buy it from a uh, uh, reputable uh, packer or a retailer. Gotcha. Yep. Uh, our season uh, is 12 months long. Uh, you know, uh, right now uh, we started trimming uh, oh, right around uh, opening deer season day, November 15th. Mm-hmm. And uh, we will go up until uh, we have to start spraying in the spring. Yep. And uh, we, uh, when the first uh, green breaks, we're out there with uh, usually a copper fungicide uh, to control fire blight and to control uh, apple scab. Mm-hmm. And uh, we watch the uh, temperatures and the weather conditions very closely. Uh, Michigan State University has uh, something... Uh, called Enviro Weather, and in our county, we've got five different weather stations because we're so close to Lake Michigan. Mm-hmm. We've got a lot of microclimates, and we watch Enviro Weather constantly, uh, and uh, we've lost all of our good uh, burn-back fungicides, 
And uh, so we have to be proactive, get out there in front of the rain, keep it covered. And uh, we also uh, do a lot of intense scouting. And I have a uh, professional scout from about 60 miles away down in the Grand Rapids area mm -hmm. that uh, uh, sets traps for us, uh, basically insect traps, gotcha. and uh, specific to those tra insects. And she's up once a week. Uh, I get a uh, email from her usually the same day. Okay, here's what the traps said. And then I uh, meet with my uh, crop consultant, and we talk over, okay, what should we do? Uh, I've been in this business since 1968, so I've got a pretty wow. decent idea. Yep. But, you know, there's no two years the same. No. So uh, we, and I'm not up on all the new uh, chemistries, so it's kind of a joint mutual discussion. And, okay, I want to do this. Well, maybe you ought to look at this yeah. instead. Yep. And, uh, uh, and then, you know, uh, we have uh, a lot of weather-related issues. Uh, we like to stay away from hail because that doesn't do the fruit any good. <laughs> no. Nope. So it's uh, <laughs> yeah. like any crop. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's uh, a pretty much a 24-7, 365 uh, uh, type of thing. Uh, and uh, well, then we've all got the whole issues of marketing and uh, yeah. That hasn't been ideal for the last couple of years. So, yeah, it's uh, yeah, certainly it, a huge challenge. Yeah, you're right. It does sound about like it does if you're going to do intensive management, quite frankly, with any crop out there. Lots of work exactly. if you want it to turn out good. Well, hey, Phil, it's been great talking to you. Happy New Year. We hope that 2024 is your best year ever. I hope so, too. And uh, Happy New Year to uh, you guys and hope, uh, Darren, uh, is back on uh, the wagon again real soon and uh, gives you a little break uh, from the microphone. <laughs> yep. Uh, believe me, he wants to get back on the microphone as well. So, uh, so yeah, I'm expecting next week. Oh, I can understand week. that for sure. <laughs> All right. Great talking with you, Phil. We'll see you later. Next, we're going to South Dakota. Got Charlie calling in. Hey, Charlie, how are you today? I'm doing great, Brian. Excellent. But I will admit, I... I forgot about this <laughs> radio show, so luckily I've had a couple minutes to kind of compose some thoughts. But um, what are your yeah, thoughts as as we head into 2024? What's on your mind? Well, I'm optimistic at this point because we're actually set up pretty good going into next year. You know, a year ago we were in quite the opposite situation where we were desperately dry last fall, so we didn't get down any fall fertilizer. The winter wheat was not emerged. You know, we were just looking at tough conditions yep. a year ago. Yeah. And luckily, you know, we were kind of dry this fall, but we got some, some nice rains towards the end of harvest or end of October. Yep. And it kind of recharged our profile quite nicely. Yep. And we got all of fall fertilizer down. So, Good. like I said, I'm pretty optimistic for next spring. Anything new and different you're going to do on the farm this coming year? Um, We're going to try probably a few more, you know, seed treatments or infero additives in, in a yeah. few areas um, yep you know we we actually got a seed treater last spring and and last spring was kind of really stressful like i said we had all of our fertilizer acres we had to get down yeah in addition to a new seed treater to learn the system and treat seed you know so we were quite busy and last year was kind of a roller coaster we had you know luckily we got things done last spring and then it turned dry had some intermittent shots of rain and so this year like i said we're just going to kind of 
progress and try, you know, tweaking some things, you know, with seed treatments and, and, and additives. And hopefully we can get our, our data, our planning and harvest data lined up. We had a few issues this year where we're using multiple platforms, sure. so it makes it kind of challenging to get all our, our analysis done correctly. Yeah, that usually is the way things work for us, too. And then we're trying to get data from a number of other farmers and research projects that we're working on. So, yeah, that technology thing, uh, we got to have some good IT people, that's for sure. Well, hey, Charlie, I want to wish you a happy new year. Thanks a lot for calling into the show today, and uh, best of luck to you as we go into 2024. Hey, happy new year to you as well, Brian. Thank you. You bet. Thank you. It's Farmer Friday. Our phone lines are open all throughout the show. If you want to call in, the number is 844-44-AG-PHD. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. It's smart to make the right agronomic choices, and it's even smarter to get rewarded for them. With the Bayer Plus Rewards Program, you earn cash back on seed, herbicides, and other eligible products. And it keeps getting smarter, because now... You can earn an additional 10% bonus when you send your redemption check to your retailer. To learn more, contact your retailer today. Protect your yields and get the most from your land with Bayer Plus Rewards. Visit MyBayerPlus.com and see program terms and conditions for full details. Because the challenges you face are getting bigger every year, BASF is committed to helping with more than boots on the ground. We're committed to boots in the mud, boots on the steps of your truck, your tractor, your combine, the linoleum tiles of your coffee shop, the concrete of your co-op, the gravel in your shed. So we can listen, learn firsthand, help right now to ensure success. BASF, helping you do the biggest job on earth. This season, get medieval on Rhizoctonia with the powerful protection of Excalia fungicide from Valent USA. Here to shield your sugar beets from the treachery of Rhizoctonia, Excalia delivers excellent staying power, keeping your sugar beets from being conquered. Stay one step ahead of Rhizoctonia with the powerful protection of Excalia. Ask your retailer or visit valent.com slash Excalia to learn more. Always read and follow label instructions. If you understood everything on a soil test and could make your own fertility plans, do you think you could cut your farm's fertility expenses, maybe even increase your yields? Hi, I'm Darren Hefty. We want to empower you to make your own fertility decisions. That's why we're holding our Ag PhD Soils Clinic on Tuesday, January 16th at the Morton Center near Baltic, South Dakota. This could be the single most important day you spend in your farming career, and it's free. So register now at agphd.com. The hard-working, independent spirit of rural America can often be isolating. It's not often discussed, but mental health issues are real. Now's the time to lead by example, talk openly, and show that a strong mind is just as important as a strong body. FMC is proud to be working toward ending the misconceptions around mental health. Through awareness, guidance, and action, together we can uproot the stigma. Take your tillage to the next level with the Insight Universal Tillage Tool from McFarland Ag. With more adjustability and flexibility, the Insight is the ultimate one-pass tillage tool. Visit McFarlandAg.com to find your closest dealer. 
Join us in Houston for the 2024 Commodity Classic, New Frontiers in Agriculture. We'll close out the show on Saturday at the Houston Rodeo, the world's largest rodeo and livestock exhibition. Join us February 28th through March 2nd. Learn more at commodityclassic.com. Welcome back to Ag PhD Radio here on Farmer Friday. We're going to jump right back to the phone lines. Got Jim calling in from the state of Wisconsin. Hey, Jim, what's happening on your farm today? The sun is shining. The sun is shining and it is 40 some degrees. <laughs> I am assuming that's not common for you in December or at the end of December, is it? No, no, you could you could go <laughs> and work ground here. Uh, yeah, that's uh, kind of, well, Christmas Day, Christmas Day was 54 here. Yeah, we had a couple inches of rain, or inch and a half, two inches, depending on the field, or over that Christmas weekend. I mean, very, very unusual. So, yeah, we're kind of in the same boat you are. I'm, I'm real happy because last winter we had so much snow. It was the second most in history in our area. So I'm happy to not have to be pushing snow every other day. Well, yeah, but, I mean, I can remember, you know, years that, yeah, it was first week of December, it was below zero. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, I don't even, uh, now I don't hardly get below freezing. <laughs> yep. Well, it's the global warming, you know, Jim. Right. Yeah, but I just <laughs> read it last night. 1877 was a winter that did not happen. That Minnesota, the ice went out in uh, in uh, the first part of March. Yeah. And there, there, it was warm. So, I don't know. Oh, I know. I, I, yep, that's what I always talk to people about is, well, let, let's look back in history. I mean, we haven't had a year yet that's been as warm as like 1937 or whatever it was. I, I mean, so anyway, hey, let's talk farming just a little bit instead of weather and uh, and politics. Uh, what uh, what are you thinking about as we head into 2024? Anything new and different going on in your farm? No, just try to do a better job of what what uh, the little bit that I do do. Um, fields this year, uh, for as dry as it was here, you know, I, when I walked in the bean field earlier in the year, in, uh, you know, August and that, I'm thinking, oh, I don't even want to, I ain't even going to hit 40. Yeah. And we were, we, my average, well, one field averaged 55 and the other one was 64. Nice. Which I, you know, was okay. And, and, uh, just the, we got a little bit of rain, and they put probably six, eight inches of stem up on top on the beans again, yep. but then it dried up, so it never did any more with it. It just sure. left it alone. Sure. And even one of the agronomists by me, he says, I was so disgusted, I wouldn't even walk in my bean field anymore. <laughs> and he'd come out, you know, kind of the same way. Yeah. You know, he said, I don't know how it even turned out that good. Yeah, we were pretty lucky, really. I, I mean, we had the same issue in the middle of the summer. Things didn't look good. Got some later rains. And I will say the genetics are a lot better. Just our farming practices, I think, are a lot better. And it also helps that we didn't have an early frost. That's what hurts us some years. And we didn't have that this year, so that didn't damage the corn or beans or anything else. So anyway, yeah, I, I was also pleasantly surprised on our farm. Yeah, I mean, it was no records, you know, put it that yep. way, but yep. it was way better than, than nothing. And and the, the few acres of wheat I had, uh, that was the best wheat that I've ever had. Really? Ever, ever had. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. And even, even I didn't switch my combine over to doing wheat 
I just had another guy come in and do it. And, yep. and I don't know how many acres they, they custom do. He said, this is the best field of wheat that we've been in this year. Wow. So was there anything so, that you had had done there where you go, yeah, I, I'm, I'm trying this or that, and, and I think this is really pushing my wheat yield? I, I mean, so anything stand out to you? Fertility is, you know, we made sure we had sulfur on it, and, and it, it got good fertility. Um, the, the field was tiled a bunch of years ago, so that yep. it, it never slowed up at all, yep. you know, from the beginning. Yep. And maybe the, the biggest part... The, the the sales guy that I got the wheat from, the seed from, he says, well, uh, you are going to actually get over 80 bushel to the acre, 85 bushel. I'll, I'll make sure of that. <laughs> well, I got 85, so maybe he did make sure of it. Huh? <laughs> yeah, I wish every salesman would come through the, on their promises just like that, right? Well, and I put some more of that seed in a little bit this year, so we'll see if that happens again. <laughs> yep, see if he can come through for you two years in a row. Well, hey, Jim, uh, it's been great right. talking with you today. I want to wish you a happy new year, and uh, hopefully you have a great 2024. Yep, you guys do the same there. See ya. Yep, thanks. All right, we're going to get back to the Ag PhD mailbag here. This next one comes in from Logan, and uh, he's from Nebraska. And he, he sent us a, a couple of well uh a variable rate looks like lime map and then just some more information on his liming so anyway here's his question he says um this is his first year farming this ground it's gravity irrigated and he just says last year he believes it's been it was corn on corn where they raised like 215 and in the range of 215 to 250 his plan is to raise soybeans in there this next year well the ph is low so he put a bunch of lime out and he's just wondering what other inputs we would take a look at um look logan i don't have a soil test if you want to send a soil test and maybe you intended to send a soil test i'm not sure all i got is this uh, lime application map and just some more information on your liming um i will say this on your lime application map it says that the target was 6.8 um, we would consider 6.8 about an ideal pH, but you don't have to be that high if you're just raising corn and soybeans. We can usually do pretty well even at a 6.3, for example. So a lot of times when we're liming, I worry more about overdoing it than underdoing it. And we just have had to fight that a lot of times. So I, I just say that's one of the things in the future. I'm usually not getting real carried away on how much lime I put out. The other thing that I'll say is, okay, you put this lime out. Um, let's see, I don't know if I have the application date, but I'm assuming that's this fall then, of course. So if you put the lime out in the fall, a lot of times we say it takes three years for that lime to fully break down. So in other words, I don't have any map here showing how low your pH pHs were, but let's just say you had a 5.3 pH and you were trying to raise it all the way up to 6.8. In one year, it's it's going to go up some and you're going to get some yield gain, but I'm just saying you're not going to get that pH up all the way to the full extent usually for two or three years later. So that's one of the things, one of the reasons why we always want to kind of stay on top of this thing because it's it's just it's hard to catch up fast. So anyway, yeah, if you want to send us your soil tests, we'd be more than happy to take a look at that and then maybe give you some more advice. I will just tell you in my experience though, the number one nutrient that a lot of people struggle with in soybeans is potassium. 
on a per day basis, a great soybean crop for just a few days in the middle of the summer, at the peak of their growth, they're going to need more potassium per acre per day than a great corn crop. So you've got to have tremendous availability with potassium. That's that's one of the biggest things. And I realize in Nebraska, you know, there are a lot of people that are doing a great job with potassium. I'm just throwing it out there because I have no other information to go by. But that's the first thing I'm going to look at going into soybeans. The problem with it, if you're low, is how are you going to raise it up? And you say, well, I'll just put potash on. Well, that's great. But a lot of times we figure it takes two or three years for potash to fully break down as well. I mean, if we're doing higher rates. So, I, I, I again, just send us your soil tests and, and we can kind of go from there. All right. Uh, let's see. Next one, and I apologize, I don't have a name on this, but uh, they just wrote us in a comment and said we were talking about corn planting population. What corn population is the best? Well, that's that's an easy question to answer, isn't it? <laughs> we talk about corn population all the time, and I'll here here's our general guideline. In your best areas, you bump the population. In your worst areas, you cut the population. If you're worried about lodging, so I was just talking about potassium, for example, with that last email that came in. If you don't have great levels of potassium, and I'm serious, if you do not have great levels of potassium, cut your planting population for corn. Every year I deal with dozens of guys that have lodging issues, and I look at the soil test, and I look at what they planted for a population, and I go, oh my goodness, you didn't even, you didn't even give the plant a chance. I, I mean, I see 1% base saturation K commonly, and 36,000 plants per acre. You're... I mean, I'd say the odds are better that your corn's going to fall than it's going to stand. So you have to, as you bump that planting population, have great levels of K. So like on our farm, for example, we'll vary our population as high as 36, 38,000, as low as 22,000, something like that, sometimes even less, on the really sandy, non-irrigated ground. Stay tuned. We'll get to more of your questions next. Control the toughest weeds with overlapping residuals. Lock in the longest lasting control for your soybean fields. A pre-emergence application of an authority brand herbicide plus a post-application of Anthem Max herbicide establishes the overlapping residual control key to safeguarding your soybean seasons. This pairing is a heavy-duty economical strategy against Palmer Amaranth, Waterhemp, Kosha, and more. Visit your FMC retailer or lockin.ag.fmc.com today. Always read and follow all label directions. You have a lot at stake when it comes to raising corn. I'm Darren Hefty. That's why on Wednesday, January 17th, we're holding a free Ag PhD corn agronomy workshop at the Morton Center near Baltic, South Dakota. We'll help you navigate all the challenges of corn production, including how to manage exploding pest populations, resistant diseases, fertility challenges, and more. It's a day packed with information. So if you want to get the most out of your corn this season, don't miss the free Ag PhD corn agronomy workshop. Register now at agphd.com. It takes balance to be successful in farming because what you get out of it depends on what you put in. And Corteva AgriScience gets that. Introducing Nutrition and Nutrient Efficiency Optimizer, a biological product that naturally captures nitrogen from the air. It's a sustainable way to add balance to your traditional nitrogen methods and maximize your yield potential. Embrace a balanced approach to nitrogen management this season by visiting corteva.us. 
Did you know soybean diseases like white mold and sudden death syndrome can survive in your soil even after rotating crops? Prevention of these diseases is a constant battle and yield loss from an infection can be devastating. The right management plan makes all the difference. Keep your beans safe with Heads Up Seed Treatment. Heads Up guards your seed from both white mold and SDS. Stay protected and profitable by asking your seed dealer for Heads Up. Learn more at HeadsUpST.com. How can Naturals products help you raise bigger and better crops? Hi, I'm Darren Hefty. Biologicals, or naturals as we call them, are impacting every facet of agriculture today, and that will only grow in the future. That's why we're devoting a full day to our Ag PhD Naturals Workshop, Wednesday, February 7th at the Morton Center near Baltic, South Dakota. Our research team has spent years testing hundreds of naturals products, and we want to share with you what we've learned. For more about this free event, go to agphd.com. Good morning and hallelujah! My spray and pray days are over! What's with Randy? Oh, he's just amped. Weed field heaven! Amped? Yeah, he ordered that new Battalion Amp herbicide from UPL. They're calling it the new gold standard. This is the greatest day in herbicidal history! So, how can I... Get amped? Just go to battalionamp.com. It's gonna be a good year! Always read and follow label directions. This is Ag PhD Radio. I'm Brian Hefty, live in the Morton studio on a Farmer Friday, right in the middle of the Ag PhD mailbag. Got this next one from Jim in California. He says, Hi, I grow pumpkins, hay, corn, and pasture. Here's my question for you. I know that when we're talking about nitrate, sulfate, they're leachable. Well, my question is, what about the phosphorus, potassium, gypsum, and lime? I know P and K are not mobile, and I'm not sure about gypsum and lime. Will these run off the surface, or will they work their way into the soil? I don't want to be wasting money or contaminating the waterways. Well, Jim, uh, both gypsum and lime can work their way down into the soil. We deal with, or we work with no-till farmers all the time using gypsum and lime. We will just often say, look, if you need quite a bit of gypsum and lime, spoon feed it. In other words, don't get too carried away. I was just talking about that the other day on the show, I, and my example was, let's say you needed six tons of lime. Would I do six tons of lime in one shot in no-till? Probably not. I might do a ton or two, and then I'd wait a year or two, do another ton or two, and just kind of keep working on it a little bit over time if I'm not doing tillage. But yeah, both the gypsum and the lime will go into the ground eventually. Potassium can at some point too. Um if you're getting 25 or 30 inches of rain and let's say you had medium textured soils, yeah, potassium absolutely can go in to some degree. The phosphorus, on the other hand, it just, it's very immobile. So I don't care how light your soil is, how much rain you get, that phosphorus is never going to be one of these things that moves very well into the ground. So that that, that would be my answer to your questions. All right, next one's from WH. <laughs> We're talking about no-till, and he goes, if no, or, or she, I'm not sure, if no-till was the way to go, then farmers wouldn't spend the money to turn the ground. There is a reason they do tillage. Um, yeah, I, I mean, we say all the time, I don't really care what tillage system you're in or no-till or whatever. We're just here to help you, help you be successful. Some people um, 
feel like they need to do tillage. In some cases, I need to do tillage. We're, we're uh, injecting manure, for example, on our farm. Well, what are you going to do? If the manure manure has to be injected, you're going to have to cover it up somehow, some way. So anyway, uh, yeah, we, we, we could spend the rest of the show talking about that, but we got to get to a few more questions here. Next one's from Brett. He says, when you soil sample, do you do it under the row or in the row or between the row? So Brett, usually... When you talk to a soils lab, they're going to tell you to sample randomly. So don't worry about if you're in the row or between the row. I would tell you, if let's say you're on a strip-till program. When we first started strip-tilling, we really tested this, and we found that the nutrient removal charts must be right because when we put on what we felt was a build rate in the row and we tested in the row, we then found more fertilizer there than in between the row. When we put on less than removal rate, we found that in the row had lower levels than between the row. So you see where I'm going with all this. Um, But yeah, our standard thing and what most labs are going to tell you is just sample randomly. Don't worry too much about the rows. But if let's say you're on on ridge till, for example, and you're always going to be right on the same row all the time. If it's me, I am probably going to test in the row. All right, next one from James, who says, I'm looking to grow cotton in Alabama. Are there any books you know of that could help me get started? No, James, I don't know of any books that could help you get started, but I will say there's a lot of information out there on the Internet. If you look at stuff from universities, that's probably the way to go. I'm sure that there are some classes on that, some workshops, that kind of thing. But the other thing that I always tell people is if you're trying to raise a new crop, talk to other farmers that are doing it and they can usually give you some good advice so that's the thing that i always prefer uh next one here let's see i don't have a name on this but uh the question comes in do you guys send your magazines overseas i'm a corn grower in australia and i would love to subscribe you can go to agphdinsider.com and check out the ag phd magazine we do have an online version as well and yes we do uh ship to foreign countries Quite frankly, if you're in Australia, you might want the online version. All right, next one is from Scott, who says, I was listening to a recent show talking about nitrogen stabilizers, and he spoke to someone from Canada who was using humic acid as a stabilizer. Well, I've used humic acids mixed with a foliar fertilizer in my hay fields before, but would this concept also work with dry products? Or does it have to be blended in a liquid to get the stabilization benefits? Uh, Scott, we've never really tried it with the dry stuff. Um, I... I do I think that it's possible if you were using a dry humic together with say urea that you could get some stabilization out of that probably but I mean let's let's be realistic when you think about the connection there and and everything I don't I I I don't think so I if it's me I would just say I'm running liquid humic liquid nitrogen and then I know it's right together and I feel like I'm going to have a better chance for some of that stabilization. All right, next one is from Marcel in Slovakia. He says, I see your knowledge about soybeans, corn, and cover crops are much better than ours. Uh, And this is the reason why I'm writing you. I'd like to know some tips or information about corn, soybeans, and cover crop planting. Uh, Marcel, you've come to the right place. We got lots of information. So, if you, uh, I mean, you can follow all of our different things that we're doing, whether it's TV, radio, 
magazine. And if you ever get the chance to come to the United States, we host a number of free workshops as well. We're just trying to put put out good information all the time for farmers. Um, it's tough being a farmer, and so that's why we're just we're trying to share as much as we can. So for Darren and me, we've got lots of years of experience as agronomists, as farmers. We've worked with farmers all over the country, here in the United States, and also around the world in a in many different countries. Uh, haven't worked with anybody in Slovakia yet that I know of, or at least that I can remember. But uh, but anyway, if you got specific questions for us, you can certainly email us anytime, and we'll respond to you. Next one here is from Robert. He says, in the High Plains area of Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas, uh, catching moisture with stubble is very effective in killing volunteers for the next crop. You guys were talking about uh, snow and catching snow. Well, that's the reason why I like catching that snow, uh, and and it actually helps kill the volunteers. Uh, when planting continuous grass crops with no herbicide, that's challenging. So we use strip till or no-till with several inches of moisture in the winter to kill the harvest loss seed. Uh, yeah, Robert, it's it's always going to be a challenge. I, I mean, like, we raise a lot of corn and soybeans, and I we try to harvest as wet as we can just so we have less harvest loss, but there's always going to be some harvest loss out there. And, yeah, I feel for you if you're trying to do it without herbicides, not easy to do. Next one here is from Skyler, uh, who says, Can I have the same soil sample? and VRT program for strip tilling as I do now with broadcasting. My only change would be going from broadcast to strip till. So the question is as simple as, can I use my same sample methods and variable rate recommendations? Um, Can I just leave it the same, even though I'm going to strip till? Um, Yeah, for the most part, you probably can. Our only concern would be how much fertilizer you're putting in the strip. We just want to make sure we're not getting way too carried away on salts. But I I don't think that I'm real worried about it. So I would say this. If you want to send us some specific questions, examples, whatever, we'd be more than happy to uh, give you a little bit more advice. The heavier your soil and the more rain you have, the less concerned I am about the amount of fertilizer you're putting out there. Keep in mind, when you're going in that strip, everything's much more concentrated right in that area. So I do worry a little bit more about salt. Now, don't get me wrong. We do lots of strip till. We've done some super crazy high rates. Still haven't had any problems. So I'm not like real worried about it, but we always just want to be at least a little bit cautious and maybe ask a few more questions just to make sure we think everything's going to be fine. Uh, Next one here is from Robert. He is asking about the Neil Kinsey seminar that's coming up in February. And yes, uh, for anybody listening, if you want to check that out, we have some information about that at agphd.com. Neil Kinsey will be back for a three-day seminar. Now, all uh, all of our seminars are free. Uh, Neil's does cost some money. But if you're interested in that, again, the information's at agphd.com. Oh, and by the way, for uh, some of the money you're spending, you get a whole bunch of meals out of it and everything else. So anyway, I think you'd really enjoy it. But anyway, Robert's question here is, will that event be recorded so I can go through the course in the evenings, or do I have to be at the computer all day for the three days? Uh, Robert, it will be recorded. So if you are doing the online uh the web version and uh, attending that way with Neil's seminar, you can certainly join us there. And uh, uh, Tim basically asked the same question. Hey, are you going to have Zoom or online options for your your winter classes, your winter workshops? Yes, we will. Just go to agphd.com to learn more about that. 
Well, before we wrap things up today, I just want to say thanks to Mark and Michelle for producing and uh, running the controls for us today. Thanks to everybody who called in. We want to wish you all a happy new year, and thanks for listening. We'll see you again next year.